Hey pals, it's Stephanie. Welcome back to the Keto Success Podcast, a show dedicated to doing the deeper work to discover the keys to your keto success. Are you ready? Let's do this. I've been sitting here trying to figure out exactly how I want to start this episode because this is a question I get asked a lot. I personally include carbs in my keto lifestyle. This is what feels best for me. This is how it feels sustainable for me. But there's a lot of questions and downright controversy about whether or not you should include carbs in your keto lifestyle. So I really want to tease apart what we should do after we've had carbs on our keto weight loss journey and really go through a lot of the processes of the language that we use to describe this experience and what happens in our bodies, as well as the external things we can do to shift ourselves back into ketosis and the internal things that we really need to explore so that we can learn from this experience to help move us forward. Let's first talk about the language we use when it comes to having carbs in our keto lifestyle. There are often negative connotations around this idea that carbs are now a bad food and that keto foods are good foods. But really, these are all just foods. And the more that we label something as good or bad really brings in this element of shame and judgment around the choices we make when we decide to have these foods or not. Whether or not you've had carbs intentionally, maybe you call it, I ate something off plan, but I was on plan, off plan. (laughs) That always makes me laugh because you planned it. So it's not really off plan. So this is where like the language we use matters because we are creating our experience of the world through the words that we choose to use. So we really need to look at the idea of what language am I using to describe this experience? What am I labeling it as? Is it good or bad? Is it on plan or off plan? And try to shift our language into a planned deviation or an exception or an allowance, because it's not about being right or wrong, whether you include carbs or not. It's about the meaning that you're attaching to that experience. So a way that we can move away from that is to practice this new language and say, I just had something higher carb that day. It doesn't have to be doom and gloom. It doesn't have to be catastrophizing. Having something higher carb doesn't mean that we've failed. It just means that we made different choices that day. And that's okay. It's important to remember that you didn't obliterate all of your goals in one misstep. And you are not starting over. Oh, I have to start over again. It's like, that is not true because you're not starting over. You're simply moving forward. You know what you need to be doing. You know that there are choices you need to be making in order to feel your best. And it's okay if these little setbacks happen because they're happening to teach you something. They're occurring 
to shine a light on something that we still need to explore within ourselves, within our lifestyle. So instead of making it mean that we've failed and using labels like good or bad or uh, carb binges or now I've failed and I have to start over, let's really look at the truth of the situation that I ate something that was higher carb, maybe for a day, maybe for a week, but I know how to get back on track and move forward. And it really is as simple as that. And the more that we can practice using this language and the more that we can show ourselves more compassion by using words with intention, the better we can feel about the entire experience and the better we can feel about ourselves on this journey. When we label something as cheating on our keto diet, when we've had something higher carb and we say, oh, that's just a cheat day. This is my cheat meal. It implies that you've done something wrong that you should feel guilty about. And it's often these feelings of guilt that will perpetuate the situation because now we feel so bad about ourselves that thoughts start to creep in like, oh, well, what's the point? Or maybe this should be a cheat week because I've already had the carbs at this point. What's one more day? But the real language we need to move away from has such a negative connotation to it. And we really can shift our language into being more positive and quite honestly, more truthful. It's not that you cheated. You just had something higher carb. Food is food. It might not be exactly what you plan. It might not be in complete alignment with your goals but it's also not the end of the world. Every new day is a chance to get it right. And every new meal is a chance to make a choice that will allow you to realign with your goals. And depending on how long you've been doing keto for, if you've been doing keto for a few months consistently, you are awarded this beautiful thing called metabolic flexibility. What this means is when you have something higher carb after you've been in ketosis for a while, your body is able to burn through that glucose faster and shift you back into ketosis faster without having as much of an impact on your body or your goals. So instead of feeling like I have to start over because I've had something higher carb, just remember that we have this metabolic flexibility in our back pocket. Our body remembers and it wants to get back into ketosis. It's working for you, not against you. All we need to do is follow the same simple steps that we did at the very beginning. Drink our water, supplement our electrolytes, and eat keto foods. It really is, on a physical level, as simple as that. So what exactly happens in our body after we've had something higher carb or higher sugar? After we've eaten the thing, whatever it is, our blood sugar is going to spike. This causes our pancreas to kick into overdrive. And within a few minutes, your pancreas starts pumping out a flood of insulin 
to try and sop up all the excess glucose that's suddenly rushing through your bloodstream that it possibly can. And it depends on what your normal carb load is, how much you ate, how big you are, in terms of how you might physically feel the effect of this. This rush of insulin now creates sort of a seesaw effect. If you've been in ketosis for a little while, your glycogen stores in your muscles have been depleted. So some of that sugar will go into your muscles. This is where that metabolical metabolic flexibility comes in because it's being stored right into your muscles, ready to be used. But if you have had more higher carb or sugar meals than you intended, or you've been on what you may think is a quote unquote carb binge for a few days or a week, there's no more room in these stores. This is when all of that excess insulin and sugar goes into your fat cells to be stored as fat. Our brain perceives this as stress and the body steps up in an effort to just achieve balance again by increasing your cortisol levels and your adrenaline. You may feel like you're extremely uncomfortable immediately after having something higher carb or higher sugar because your body is trying so hard to just achieve homeostasis, to just restore balance. So like I said, if you have been in ketosis for a while, this additional insulin and blood sugar will be stored initially in glycogen in your muscles. However, once those become full, that is when the excess goes into our fat cells to be stored as fat. Once all of the sugar has moved from the bloodstream and found its storage place, whether it's in your muscles or in your fat cells, this is when we can experience kind of a sugar crash. Like you feel really sluggish and off kilter and your internal circuits are all fired up after having the carbs and not understanding what they should be doing next. Once we've ingested carbs or sugar, it can even have an effect on our immune system. This sugar rush can really set off that swing between glucose and insulin, cortisol and adrenaline, and send your immune system into a total tailspin. A hefty dose of sugar can compromise your immune system for more than 24 hours. Your sleep gets disrupted, and even when you're trying to sleep at night sometimes, it feels like you're tossing and turning because maybe your heart's beating a little faster than normal. And this is not to scare you away from having carbs. It's just to offer a better understanding of what's happening in your body when you have these things. But you don't need me to tell you this. I'm sure if you've had carbs or sugar in your keto lifestyle, you feel it. You can feel the heaviness, the sluggishness, the brain fog, the inflammation. Maybe you wake up the next morning and you're retaining water. It's all our body's way of naturally trying to achieve balance and homeostasis again. 
So when our body is holding on to water and we feel the inflammation creeping back up, that is our body trying to signal to us that it's ready to go back to our keto lifestyle. It's not about doing it right or wrong. It's not about that I've punished my body this way. If we just take a moment and listen to what our body is trying to communicate with us, it can really be a motivator to get you back on track. So how do we do that? How do we get ourselves back on track, back into ketosis after we've had something higher carb or higher sugar? I want to first explore the external things, the actual tangible actions we can take to shift ourselves back into ketosis. So where I'd really love to begin is where you began in the beginning of your keto journey. Focus on drinking all the water. Water, water, water. (laughs) The more water, the better. This will really flush out any circulating toxins and help eliminate some of the water retention. We also have to be supplementing our electrolytes just like we did in the beginning. This will help prevent keto flu. Keto flu can happen at any point in your keto journey. It's not reserved just for the start, but especially if we're coming off something higher carb or higher sugar, we're essentially signaling to our body that we need to supplement these things again to avoid that keto flu all over again. If you practiced intermittent fasting before you had your higher carb meal, just go back to your regular fasting schedule if that feels best for you. The last thing we want to do when we're in this state is restrict in any sort of way that feels extreme or something that we wouldn't usually do. Just because you've had something higher carb does not mean we need to do an extended fast or an egg fast or a beef and butter fast or a liquid fast or anything that's outside of our normal keto patterns and routines. We really just want to go back to basics and honor our body by feeding it foods that we know it loves and that it feels good about. And we don't have to punish ourselves to try and undo the damage that we believe we've caused from having something higher carb. Just simply go back to your regular fasting schedule and that will really help to decrease the glycogen stores and move you into ketosis faster. Fasting is a really great way to help recalibrate your hunger scale and remind us that hunger isn't something that needs to be immediately fixed. So while you may wake up feeling hungrier, you can honor that and just eat something or try drinking a large glass of water because sometimes, especially after we've had carbs, we are dehydrated and Our body doesn't understand the difference between hunger and dehydration. So try having a big glass of water and you may realize that that hunger vanishes. It's not that you should starve yourself to lose weight at all by any means. But the truth is when we come off an extended period of eating carbs or sugar, we may feel a tad hungrier than we remember 
when we were doing keto before. We are trying to decrease the insulin and blood sugar spikes. And the best way we can do that is to fast even between meals. So maybe instead of a longer fast, we just ensure that we are eliminating any sort of mindless, unnecessary snacking in between meals and ensuring that our meals themselves are really filling and satisfying to help you start to move forward and get back into ketosis. In saying that, you may notice the day after you've had something higher carb that you feel hungrier than you usually are. Like maybe you can do 16 to 18 hours fasted, no problem. And you wake up the next day after having something higher carb and your stomach's growling and you feel like you're ready to eat already. Honor your body. Listen to that. Feed it something that it's craving. Feed it something that it truly desires. Not what your brain's telling you, not to continue having carbs, but something that would truly honor your body. It's okay to ease our way back into our fasting schedule. And it's okay to listen to our body and honor what it's wanting from us. So if you wake up the next day feeling hungrier than usual, just eat something. It really is as simple as that. You will get back to your usual fasting schedule once you've eased your way back into ketosis. It's important at this stage that we are making it as easy and simple as possible to get ourselves back on track with our keto journey. And sometimes that means allowing lower carb alternatives, maybe a little more than you usually would. This could be low carb breads, wraps, noodles, buns, pizza crust, fat bombs, keto bars. You know what I mean. If you have those options on hand, it's just a simple swap that will help you to continue moving forward. The main objective here is to just get back into our keto groove. And if using the odd keto product helps you achieve that, just use it. Don't make yourself feel wrong that I should be eating clean keto and only whole foods. This is about using them in a tactical way to transition yourself away from higher carb foods and back into the foods that your body loves. In saying that, going back to basics will really help you just take a lot of the mind drama and a lot of the guesswork out of what you should be eating. Go back to the simple foods you enjoy, eggs and bacon, meat and vegetables, simple meals that you have had a million times before. Perhaps you've tracked them a million times before, so you know the macros are great. Just stick with the basics. And like I said, if it helps to include some low-carb alternatives, let them be there. Now is not the time to be trying out tons of new elaborate keto recipes or experimenting with keto baking or whatever in the kitchen right now. For the first few weeks, just get back to eating your usual go-to keto meals and recipes to make it easy. Focus on eating whole foods as much as possible. Meat, cheese, eggs, vegetables, nuts, seeds, olives, pickles, That way, 
your body will start to feel better consuming these more nutrient-dense foods as you get back on track, which will help motivate you to keep going because you will start feeling better. But if it helps you to reach for a keto chocolate bar instead of a regular chocolate bar, that's okay too. We have to do what feels best for us and what will make it easiest for us to make choices that align with where we want to go and the lifestyle we're trying to create for ourselves. A great tip when it comes to going back to the basics in your keto eating pattern is to really focus on protein first, then add fats to help with feeling satisfied and full. When we include a healthy protein source at every meal, it's just such an easy way to boost our metabolism and decrease cravings. Follow the simple formula to pick a protein, add a vegetable, and add some healthy fats at every meal. When we focus on protein first, we're not only making it a lot easier for our minds to just figure out what to eat, we are genuinely filling ourselves with something that is satisfying and satiating and that just makes it easier for us to move away from the mindless snacking or cravings because we're honoring our body and fueling it in a way that it feels its best and that will help move us forward. Another strategy we can use is to track our macros. This is definitely an external strategy where we are putting control over our food choices into an app so that all we have to do is follow it. And it takes out that brain work, that guesswork, that emotional side of eating and making it very logical in black and white, crunching the numbers to make sure that we are eating the appropriate amounts and the appropriate foods to get us back into ketosis. If you have tracked in the past, this is a great time to pull that tool out of your tool belt. And I always highly recommend tracking the night before. When we track the night before, all we have to do the next day is show up and follow it. We often know what's in our fridge. We often know what's in our schedule. So I really recommend taking five minutes, maybe at night when you're just watching TV, to plug in some of the foods that you could eat the next day to ensure that you are hitting your macros. And this is just a really great tool to use in terms of building trust with ourselves again and accountability for ourselves and to just re-emphasize the awareness around the carbs that are in certain foods so that we know that we are making choices that will get us back into ketosis. And as a final external tangible tactic or strategy we can use to move us back into ketosis faster after we've had something higher carb, get in some exercise. Now, I say this because on a physical level, when we've had something higher carb, as I mentioned before, a lot of that glucose is going to go into our muscles and our glycogen stores. And if we burn through that, through exercise, we will move into ketosis faster. But I say it from a place on a metabolic level. This is not about 
punishing ourselves. We are not exercising to try and undo what we've done by having carbs or sugar. This isn't about spending two hours on the treadmill or three hours in the gym because Stephanie said, I'm going to burn through my glycogen faster and be in ketosis faster. It's not about that. If doing some sort of physical movement feels good to you, honor your body and do it. It's not about punishing ourselves in a negative way and using exercise as that tool of punishment. Exercise is about honoring your body and doing what feels best for it in those moments. You might feel so sluggish that you don't want to. That's okay too. Just focus on your food, your water, and your electrolytes. But if getting in some movement feels good to you, whether it's lifting weights, going for a walk, doing some light yoga or stretching, honor that too. In a way to move us not only faster into ketosis, but as a way to get us just back in that right mindset where we are doing something for our body because we love our body, not because we're trying to punish it. A way that we sort of combine the external tangible strategies with an internal intangible strategy is to recalibrate our hunger cues. If you've been eating higher carb, your body may become reaccustomed to this and it can be very difficult to distinguish between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Our cravings and urges can take over and we often give in because we've allowed ourselves to do it now. So what's the point? What's the difference if we do it just one more time? And we eat for a lot of reasons other than hunger. We truly do. Emotional hunger is real. And getting back on track with keto really involves ensuring that you're listening to your body and that we're using food as fuel so that we can feel our best, not just for fun or for entertainment or for a way to cope with our emotions or to give us comfort. It's really important for the first few weeks to be a little diligent in eliminating sugar and flours because they're so highly concentrated that they throw our cravings way into overload, way overboard, which makes it more difficult to follow through with our goals. A quick tip here is to take note of where your hunger began. If it started in your stomach and traveled up to your mind, you're probably hungry. If it started in your mind and you're thinking about all the foods you want to eat, it's likely that you're eating for a reason other than hunger. The good news is with keto is that the food is so highly satiating. It is so full of fat and richness and indulgent that this allows you to hone in on your hunger cues. If you feel full and satisfied, stop eating and just simply wait until you feel hunger again before we start eating again. It really is this balance between listening to our body and honoring what it's asking of us, not just allowing our our brains to take over, not just allowing our emotional eating patterns to run the show. We have to be extremely conscious of 
when we're feeling truly hungry and honor that and when we're possibly wanting to eat something for other reasons. This is a beautiful time for you to practice journaling or to just make little notes in your phone or in a diary or a journal around your mood, what's causing you to eat foods, what's triggering you in your environment to want to eat carbs or have these cravings or follow through with eating the things that you're craving so that we can really settle in and listen to our body and what it's asking for us and fueling it when it truly feels hungry. When we are listening to our body and honoring it and giving it what it's asking us, we are also honoring ourselves. We need to make the commitment and honor it. We need to be willing to challenge ourselves, to follow through with our intentions, to continue to grow and evolve. It's not about doing it all perfectly. It's not about making sure I'm keto 100% of the time. What if having something higher carb or going through a quote unquote carb binge, what if that was meant to happen? What if that was actually meant to happen so that you can learn from it and grow from it and figure out how you can navigate through it so that next time, because there probably will be a next time, it won't feel like as much of a struggle. You'll know exactly what to do. You'll know exactly the right next steps that you should follow to make you feel your best and to get back into ketosis faster. What if we leaned into our original why, our deeper desire? What did we start keto for in the first place? Is it to lose weight, feel better, decrease inflammation, mental clarity, more energy? Is it so you can play with your kids? Is it so that you can lose weight without having to stress so much about what you should be eating all the time because you're finally eating foods you actually enjoy? If we can shift our thinking into not what am I giving up, not I'll never be able to eat these foods again, what am I getting from making these choices? What am I moving away from by making keto choices that are aligned with who I want to become, how I want to feel? What are we moving away from? And what are we moving towards? This is such a great time to just reflect on why this happened in the first place. Was it because there was a special occasion or the holidays? Or are you going through a season of life that's highly stressful right now? And how can you be with yourself during these moments? How can you be with yourself in a new way that doesn't involve having higher carb foods? How can you be with yourself in a compassionate way if you did have higher carb foods? Every time we make choices that go against what we truly want for ourselves is the time we need to be shining a big flashlight on why this is happening so that we can be forever growing and evolving and learning the lessons that these experiences are trying to teach us. Maybe your why has changed. Maybe you started keto to lose weight. 
like most of us. Most of us start a keto lifestyle because we just want weight loss. But as you were experiencing a keto lifestyle, maybe you felt all of these different things within your body, within your mind, within your emotions, within your relationships. Maybe things felt easier. So it's okay if your why or your deeper desire to do keto has changed. It's okay. Maybe that's what having this higher carb meal or day or whatever is showing you, that it's time to evolve what your deeper desire actually is. Maybe it's to be healthier or to strive for more in your life. Maybe the mental clarity allows you to work better in your job, to go after that promotion. Maybe losing some weight allows you to feel more confident so that you can put yourself out there and start dating again. I don't know. Whatever it is, often these things are happening for a reason. I truly believe that. So can we get curious and compassionate with ourselves around why this happened? Maybe it was an intentional higher carb meal. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was accidental. But either way, it's important to reflect on why it's happening so that we can arm ourselves with more information for down the road should it happen again. As I said before, I really believe everything happens for a reason. And when we've had this higher carb meal, let's say it was not intentional. Let's say it was an accidental carb meal that spiraled into a few days of having carbs. Before you knew it, it had been a whole week and you feel like you've ruined all your progress. You feel heavy, unwell, unfit, and it feels like the cravings will never stop. What if that was meant to happen so that you could take a closer look at what's triggering you? What is the trigger that caused this spiral to take place in the first place? What was going on in your environment? What was going on internally? What was going on with your emotions? What were you thinking? What were the storylines that we were spinning to justify your actions? What negotiations were you making with yourself? along the way. Oh, one more meal and then tomorrow or oh, I'll just finish these leftovers and then I'll get back on track. This really does provide us with an opportunity to shine a light on a lot of the things that we want to just bury deep down that we don't have to look at and that we can just reach for the food instead. What is causing you to reach for the food? How can we change those things? Do we need to look at different ways to manage stress? Do we need to look at different ways we can fill your own cup with self-care so that you're not just giving to everyone else and making yourself the last priority? It really is this opportunity for us to unravel our past behaviors and start dissolving them or implementing new patterns in a way that will feel aligned for us. This is some of the deepest work that I do with my clients because this is what truly gets lasting transformations. When we look at our fears, when we look at when we're emotional eating, when we look at using food for comfort, that is where the real change happens. So why did this happen? What is this trying to tell you? 
where can we shine a light in a dark corner and just bring that to the surface so that we can examine it and explore it in a curious way, in a compassionate way. It's not about beating ourselves up for what's happened. It's it's done. But let's use that as information that can move us forward so that next time it might happen less often. Or maybe instead of a week-long carb binge, it's just one meal. And that in itself is success. So whether you include carbs in your keto lifestyle is entirely up to you. Whether you do it intentionally or unintentionally sometimes is up to us. I mean, all the time it's up to us, but it can feel like sometimes it's not up to us. But that really is our opportunity to explore what is happening on a deeper level so that we can make choices that align with who it is we want to become and the life that we truly want for ourselves. And it is just so important above all else, to be patient with yourself. The reality is it can feel like our bodies gained a ton of weight and it can feel really frustrating and it can feel really discouraging. But the reality is we've probably only gained a bit of water weight, depending how long we've been having carbs. And after a few days of being back on our keto lifestyle, That'll go away. We'll be right back to where we were, except for now we'll have so much more information that can help guide us to making better choices in the future. And we can get ourselves in this mindset around zooming way out and looking bigger picture. And the reality is these things will probably pop up again, whether it's the holidays, celebrations, stressful times in our lives, major changes in our life. And it can feel like we don't have any control during those times. So we really need to accept where we are, accept what's happened, and learn from it in a way that feels empowering to us so that we can make choices for our overall health and start to feel our best and to recalibrate with who it is we're trying to become and the lifestyle we really want to create for ourselves moving forward. It is so normal to hit friction points along our keto journey. It's so normal to struggle at times. We are unlearning old patterns that are so grooved within our minds that we really need to practice being patient with ourselves and kind to ourselves. It takes time as we learn new patterns. So I would really love to just leave you with this opportunity to reflect on how this is challenging you to give you the opportunity to practice making that next best choice for yourself. One meal at a time, one day at a time. It won't take forever to get back into ketosis after having a higher carb meal. Just start now. And it's not about starting over. You're simply just moving forward and allowing yourself to choose how you're going to show up for yourself today. Be compassionate with yourself. Be kind to yourself and just keep going. 
Before you go, I'd love to invite you to check out all my free keto resources and recipes. Simply go to theketosuccesscoach.com, click on free stuff, and download any resource you feel will help you on your keto journey. Enjoy! Enjoy!